Okay, welcome to another episode of No Excuses, Real Inspiration, hosted by myself, Scott Marshall. So today we have Sean. So thank you for giving up some time uh, to come on the show. It's a real honour to have you on my show, Sean. So for the viewers who are going to be watching this via YouTube and the listeners via Spotify, Apple, etc., just a brief intro of who you are and what you currently do. Yeah, sure. So thank you for having me on, Scott. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my name is Sean Weisbrot. I'm an American entrepreneur. I lived in Asia for 14 years, 10 of those years in China, and now currently based in Portugal. And I have a consulting agency. And before that, I was running a, a B2B software as a service company. Um, and I also have a podcast about entrepreneurship and psychology that's on YouTube. So um, yeah, no, great. You know, a lot of experience behind you as well. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So let's, let's talk about the start of your journey, where it all began. With my weight or my entrepreneurship? Uh, let's go with your weight. Okay. So I was always really thin and had a hyperactive metabolism. I, I always just looked good. Never like muscular, but not skinny, you know. And then I got to college, not really knowing how to cook. And I gained weight in, in the US, we call it the freshman 15, 15 pounds, like seven ish kilos. And then I moved to China, where I was consistently eating horribly because I still didn't really know how to cook. I didn't understand nutrition at all. And I was with a bunch of friends there. Uh, I met there and they would just go to McDonald's at like midnight and just horrible, horrible behavior. Uh, not to mention, even if you would go and have a quote healthy meal, it was still fried and there was a ton of oil and Chinese cooking is just not uh, good for your heart. Let's put it that way. So over the course of 10 years in China, I ended up gaining like probably 20 kilos. And then I moved to Vietnam in 2017 and I ended up getting married. And in the process of being in that relationship with her and gaining more weight, COVID was starting and I was stressed, having a lot of stress from my tech company. So I ended up gaining like another 10 kilos. So I basically realized that I had no choice but to lose the weight. I was 90 kilos at that time. And the doctor said, you're pre-diabetic, you have fatty liver disease, you have a chance to turn this around, but if you don't, it's not good. You don't want to see what happens. So I, my, my ex-wife was a gym trainer. So I signed up to work out with her six days a week at the gym. She worked out, uh, she, she worked at, she trained me an hour each day. I was trying so hard to, to do everything right. But my diet was still like, I was eating a lot healthier at that point. I had already cut meat out. Um, but I still wasn't eating right. I was still consuming too many calories. I had actually developed an eating disorder because of my stress. Um, from my company. So I was over consuming, but I felt like I was under consuming. And so I kept consuming more because I, I just didn't understand any of this. And then uh, eventually I got divorced from my ex-wife. We had a brief marriage. 
And then I said, I'm 35, I'm 90 kilos. There's no way in hell anyone else is going to want me. I have to get rid of this weight and I have to do it now. Like, I don't want to end up like my dad who's obese. I don't want to end up like my mom who's heavily overweight. I don't want to end up like other Americans. And like, one of the reasons I didn't want to live in America is because I didn't want to be exposed to those horrible eating practices. Yeah. So I thought I have to be able to get this, you know, right. So I basically went on a crash diet where I cut out carbs, cut out sugar, um, and I cut out dairy. And again, I, I had already cut out meat um, just for ethical reasons. So then I decided to start walking four hours a day. I said, everyone I see online, they said they lose their weight by walking, you know, the initial weight because your metabolism gets messed up um, when you're overweight. So I felt like I had to just like really get my metabolism going really hard. So consuming a less of the things that are really harmful to your body and then supercharging your metabolism by, you know, more physical exercise because I tried to, to do calisthenics. I tried to do those things and I, I couldn't lift myself out of a pool. Like I, it was a really bad situation. Um, so I cut out the carbs and the sugar for six months. I was walking to a point where I was getting blisters on my feet and I was going to bed starving. And I, I was increasing my intermittent fasting periods as well. So I just went like as hard as I could. And I got a scale and I started measuring. Within six months, I had lost about 12 kilos. Okay. Mostly because no carbs. Yeah. Um, I was basically undoing a lot of the damage that my, my body had accumulated. And... Um, from there, I started to reintroduce some of the carbs and a little bit of the sugar, but I tried to stay focused on, you know, no dairy, no meat. Uh, if I'm going to have carbs, they'll be like sweet potatoes or um, things that actually provide value back to you. Um, and so it was through this process of, you know, just exercise more, try to get some light weights in, try to, you know, do a bunch of walking just try to not sit so much, try to, you know, just change everything about how you live so that your metabolism is going really fast and, and you've got all this other stuff aligned, then, you know, the, the weight should stay off. And so I got accustomed to using a scale every day to kind of calibrate going, okay, well, I kind of slipped yesterday. I had this thing. I probably shouldn't have had it this is the result I've gained, you know, 300 grams. Okay. Well, I don't want to gain 300 more grams tomorrow when I wake up. So what can I do today to make sure that I, I at least don't gain any, any more. And hopefully I can lose some as well. Now I, I know that I'm oversimplifying it because obviously there's, um, you know, different aspects to it, like your muscle weighs more than your fat and things like that. Um, so me measuring the weight as a whole number and, and looking at that as an important thing is, is nonsense, but I didn't have access to a scale that broke down, um, you know, the skeletal mass versus the muscle mass and all that. So it's a lot harder to really measure those changes. And so for me, the, the weight in itself was one part as well as how I was looking, um, as I was losing the weight. And, uh, I eventually within a year had gotten down over 20 kilos, like 23, 24 kilos. So I was doing really good, feeling really good. And then I moved to Europe six months ago 
And let me tell you, there's pastries. There's like five pastries on every block. Um, and so that's been really difficult. And I've actually gained like six or seven kilos back, but I'm in the process of, you know, undoing that again, uh, because it's really important to me that, you know, I don't go backwards. And I know that a lot of people that lose the kind of weight that I've lost in the time period I've lost do go back. Sometimes they gain more and it's, it's something that I will not tolerate. So in fact, I'm actually in the middle of a, a fast today, water fast. And uh, that also means I'm detoxing from caffeine or not detoxing. I'm withdrawing from sugar and caffeine, which I'm tell, I can tell you right now is not fun. <laughs> and you obviously, you mentioned uh, that you're now living in Portugal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's quite funny because the fact that you mentioned the, the pastries, um, I was in holiday in Portugal uh, a wee while ago. Couple of years, maybe I don't know, 2016, 2015, around that time. And obviously you get your your airport transfer. And we got in the cab and that was the, the cab driver. He said, Yeah, we're all about our sweet treats here in Portugal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So so obviously on that aspect, so for yourself, Sean. How does your how's your mindset now? Obviously, you've gained a wee bit more weight since moving to Europe. Um, but how do you how do you get back to where you were? You know, on your weight loss journey. So the thing that made it easier for me. Okay, so so the the first six months I was in Vietnam by myself. Right, I, I was living in Vietnam, and I was in one place consistently with a scale and a gym. So I knew what I needed to do every day, right? That was, that's when it's easy. I then left Vietnam to go back to the U.S. because of COVID. And I stayed in the U.S. for 11 months. During that time, I lived with my parents because it's way too expensive to rent a place. It doesn't make sense. I'd basically be throwing money away. So my mother is a sugar monster. So I was at home with her most of the day because she doesn't work. And I uh, was working from home. So I had to contend with the fact that there's sugar all around me. And like, I'm not supposed to be consuming sugar so that I can lose the weight and keep the weight off. And I, I failed quite a few times because it's there, it's in your face. Like, otherwise you have to get in the car and go and drive and get food and go, or go to the store and make food. It's, it's really difficult actually um, to maintain that. But being in that one place for 11 months and again having the scale having the motivation to do it and all that is is how i was able to go from the you know whatever it was 12 13 kilos to 20 23 24 kilos i i was able to fight against my desire for the sugar by you know continuously working out and and walking and being physically active and just doing things that made it possible to be able to lose the weight although i would self-sabotage with sugar and, and it would undo some of the work I had done. And, and I, I do struggle with that. And I think a lot of people probably do. Um, so how am I handling it now? So one of the problems I had with was traveling through Europe, I was consistently going from one country to the next every few weeks. And I've been in Portugal um, actually now for like three, four months. But during this time, I've moved different uh, Airbnbs and hotels and all that because the housing situation here is crazy. We don't have to talk about that now. And 
through that, I haven't had access to a scale. There's like maybe a gym in this place, but now there's not a gym in the next place. Just every time I've moved within the city, the circumstances changed. I'm always looking for a place to live, dealing with my business. So there's like a lot of stressors and and there's some privacy in one place and not really much privacy in another place. And so because my situation was constantly unstable for the last basically six months, it's been so difficult getting a pattern. Um, but thankfully, the place I'm in now, I've been here for two weeks and I'm going to stay here for two more weeks. And then I'm going back to the States for a few months. So while I'm in this current place, I have that stability for the month. So I've reestablished my routine. And when I get back to the States, I already know what that routine looks like because I did it for 11 months before I came here for six months. Okay. So I know I can just slip back into it um, and just stay focused and, and just say no to the sugar. Well, as much as I can. And obviously your, your training uh, pattern is all over the scale right now, literally. Yeah. So when you go back to the, the US, will you go to the gym or will you have a specific training plan that you'll follow? I've tried to do specific training plans that I follow. And honestly, I'm way better when I have a trainer yelling at me what to do. Okay. Well, well, have you got that in mind? Like, are you going to hire a trainer and, you know, two or three times a week? Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. There was a, a really cool place I went to that my friend started that was, there was no walls. It was just like a soccer field. And we trained in the field five, six days a week under the sun. And uh, if you've ever been to Miami in the summer, it's hot and you sweat very fast. So it was intense. These workouts were very hard, but I would do it five days a week. I'd be there at eight in the morning. I'd stay for an hour and a half and I would, I would go home like dead, Yeah. but that was the best kind of training I ever had. Unfortunately, they've shut down, um, and moved to another location that's like an hour away. So I don't want to drive there. Yeah, but there is a there's a big box gym, LA Fitness. I don't know if you've heard of them, that are um like uh, less than a kilometer away from my parents' house. So I'll probably just end up going there. Okay. Um, but it's it's not the same as having that kind of personalized experience I had before, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, when when you go back to the US, maybe just do a bit of research of what's actually available locally. You know, rather than having to go to a, a box gym if you don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not against that. I I think it's really important to be able to do what you need to do because like I, I'm I'm not just struggling with all of that, but also uh, muscle tightness. Like I've had I, I had a, a, an injury once before where it happened because my my muscles were too tight, and they're like you you just need to like first do physical therapy, and then you need to do yoga. You need to do stretching every day. So like I I also struggle with. I want to be able to work out, but I also don't want to work out too much that I have the time to actually stretch to make sure that I'm not making my muscles and joints and everything tighter in the process of working out, which I know a lot of men have a big problem with. Yes. And uh, since so like when you actually learn about all of the details of all of the things you should be doing to stay healthy as you age, the more you go, I, I don't know how to have the time for all of this. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's, so. it's like it's almost a full-time job just to not get sick basically yeah basically you know my average day i'll be up at 4 a.m and i'm not you know that's you know work training etc but you know i'm not getting home till 8 9 p.m at night that's a long ass day <laughs> you know you know it's trying to fit everything in there 
So for yourself, Sean, so you spoke about how your mum loves sugar, you know. Um, so are you going back to live with your parents when you go back into the U.S.? Yeah, every time I go back to America, I stay with them just because they've got a dog and that dog and I are bonded very deeply. So I, if I'm not staying with them, then like I don't get to see the dog. Okay. okay. Yeah, and then- I do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dog's name? Max. Max. Okay. Right. So let's talk about your mindset of going back to the US and then avoiding all these sugar cravings that your mum is going to have in your face when you go back. I think it'll be easier because I did it before. And as long as I remain responsible for preparing my own meals at home, then as long as I've had enough calories to where I don't feel hungry, the chances of me going in and just snacking on her stuff is lower. That's something that I noticed was if I don't have any food in the house and all of her crap is there and I'm working and I just, I'm like, ah, I'm hungry. I'm going to go and grab the fastest, you know, that's how humans are. I'm going to grab the most calorie dense thing we can get to get the quick energy. So it's easy to go and grab something that's sugary and processed because it's right there. The harder thing is like actually preparing your food and making sure that you are satiated so that you don't have those cravings and go for them. That's my biggest problem. So as long as I can handle that, then the sugar should be easy to to say no to. And for yourself, on your personal opinion, what, you know, mental health and exercise, what do you believe? Do you believe that mental health is a benefit of exercise, vice versa? I think exercise is an incredible way to help with your mental health because when you sweat, it's kind of releasing some of the the water in your body. I could be wrong. I'm just guessing it. Uh, it's th- like sweating. There's just something about sweating. There's something about getting your heart rate up. There's something about lifting weights that just puts you in a different state of mind. And I think the pleasant feelings you get from that, even though it sucks and it's hard, makes you feel stronger and makes you feel more positive. I, I, I believe very strongly in, in exercise. That's one of the reasons why I love to walk. And like, for example, right now in Portugal, the sun's out. You can see it hitting one side of my face. It's beautiful. There's no clouds. And, you know, after this, I'm going to probably go for an hour walk in the highest point of the day when the sun is out. Just going to get an hour of sun. Give it to me. Because we had rain for the last week. I didn't see the sun. So I'm like, been miserable the last few days. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that then. So for you, obviously, you you live in a hot climate. But for the last week, it's been raining where it's been miserable. So do you think that affects your mindset, the weather? hundred percent. That's one of the reasons why I've got to live in the tropics because I, I lived in, in central China for five years and it's kind of like the UK and Scotland and in these like Northern areas where the winters are freezing cold, they snow and you don't see the sun for months. And I can't do that. I grew up in Miami where there's sun pretty much all year round Yeah, and it's warm pretty much all year round. And when I am not in that kind of a climate, I get miserable really fast. And it does affect my mindset for sure. Yeah. And then because 
No, and you go. And you go. Well, because I'm going to say, like, if I wake up and it's like five degrees outside, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to put clothes on and I don't want to go for a walk. I don't want to exercise because I'm freezing cold. Yeah. Totally. But but if it's 35 outside, right? It doesn't have to be 35. It's I'm giving an extreme example, but let's say let's say it's even 20. I love 20. 20 degrees is fantastic. Even at 35, I will get up, get dressed, and go outside and go for a walk. 35 is nice. You sweat, you get the sun, it's, it's good. So I I'm much I'd much rather be in a hot climate where there's there's uh, wet humidity to sweat than a cold climate where you're basically miserable. No, definitely. And and you know and you notice a difference, especially here in Scotland. Um, you know, all the time, majority of the, the time it's raining, it's cold, it's miserable, people are very grumpy, etc., very negative. But mm-hmm. when the sun comes out for maybe two days of the year <laughs> um, people are happy and I, th- I definitely think if you know that has the impact on people um, it just shows you what a slight difference to people's mental health it can definitely do oh absolutely I mean the science is very clear getting exposure to the sun you know increases your natural levels of vitamin D so there's no reason to not get sun. And the sun is the strongest from, I guess, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So all you really need is like five, 10 minutes of direct sun exposure, you know, every day or even three days a week to just boost your natural vitamin D levels. And then it'll make you, you know, more positive and, and happy because the sun is just uh, the giver of life. No, definitely. And then for yourself, Sean, obviously, we were talking about nutrition earlier. <coughs> Excuse me. So for yourself, when you've had a long walk or if you've done a workout at the gym, what would be your favorite snack post-workout? So like I said, I don't eat meat and I try really hard not to eat dairy. So uh so actually, when when I do go for walks, usually they're after a meal, not before a meal. Yeah. Um, in order to aid digestion. So when I do a workout, for example, I would probably have a protein shake, and I know whey protein has animal parts in it. I I don't like that very much, but the the vegan protein powders taste horrible. Um. So ge- generally, it would be like that or a salad with tofu something that gives me a good amount of protein you know if i'm having a protein shake i'll have two scoops so figure 50 grams of protein if i'm not having that then you know i'll, I'll have eggs or tofu or something where it's like 25 30 grams of protein but trying for like 500 ish 600 ish calories something that'll just satiate me yeah. um but my metabolism's gotten to a point again where i'm constantly hungry especially as a vegetarian um, because the, when you don't have meat or you don't have large amounts of pasta or, or burgers, you know, when you don't have like these really intense cal- calorie intense meals, uh, you're just hungry more often. And that's also been very helpful. I think in, in losing weight and keeping weight off just this constant hunger where you just eat little pieces along the day, 
um, rather than like several big meals where you just feel like you want to pass out. Yeah, no, definitely. And for yourself, Sean, obviously you're going back to the US in two weeks' time. So obviously we're nearly at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. But have you got a goal, a specific number that you would like to get back down to this year? Yeah, I. so when I got to Europe in May, I was 68 kilos. So I would like to end the year at, at least at 68. Okay. What, what are you currently sitting at just now? Uh, 72.5. Oh, yeah. That's more than doable. More than doable. Yes. The problem is the sugar. As long as I can stay away from the sugar and continue to do little workouts here and there, then then yeah, 68 is, you know, I, I could reach that in, in a few weeks. Yeah. But we'll see how I handle the, the, the stuff in the States. Even my grandma. My grandma's like, oh, I need you to bring me something from the store. And there's always cookies and ice cream in that. And, you know, oh, I got to try it. Make sure it's good for you before I give it to you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it's, it's easy to sabotage yourself. No, definitely. And when you're working out, what's your go-to... What's your favorite exercise? So right now I just do calisthenics because I don't go to a gym. Um, And luckily there's some parks around here that I can work out at. So I love push-ups. I love squats. Um, I like doing the, um, uh, I don't know what they're called, where like you're, it's it's kind of like, oh yeah, I guess it's a dip. It, like I'm at a raised platform and I do a dip yeah. um, where like you get to the, the top and you kind of like extend further so you can get the tops um, of your pecs. And uh, I like to do um, pull-ups as well. Okay. And then when you go back to the U S you're going to hire a trainer, right? That's the goal. And, and you, you went down to the gym first thing Monday morning, you're up for it and then this trainer announces to you that your worst exercise what would that be a lot of them i'm I'm very weak because you know it it depends on the trainer because some trainers are focused on calisthenics some trainers are focused on lifting as heavy of a weight as possible right so I, i i don't have a big frame Right. I have, I have some Neanderthal DNA and so my body is wide, but I'm short. So we'd, we'd call that stout. So it's important to me that the workouts that I do are functional instead of visual, right? I don't want to have big muscles. I want to have muscles that are lean and useful and in a way that I'm not like too tight in my muscles. So so this is one of the problems with gyms is like, they focus on, Oh, let's get you big. And I'm like, I don't want to get big. I want to be like a Bruce Lee fighter. Like I want to be like lean yeah. because I'm stout. So I don't want to be stout. I want to be leaner. So anything that really involves lifting weights is, is probably my worst thing. Although to be fair, when I was doing the workouts outside in the field, I was up to a 125 kilo bench press. Wow. And, and that wasn't a one pre- that wasn't a one rep max. That was I could do like three, four, five of those. Um, and I was doing something with dumbbells. I can't remember what it was. Either overhead 
I can't remember. The, it was like an overhead extension or something with like a 30 or 40 kilo dumbbell. So like I was like really strong, but I was also big at that time. So I wasn't happy about it. Okay. And yeah. And for yourself, obviously you mentioned earlier your business. Yeah. So so let's talk about that. So where it started, where it's going, and what's your plans for the future? Yeah. So I have a B two B. Sorry, I have a business to business software as a service company that is kind of struggling at the moment, and so I decided to launch another business in case it dies. And the new business is a consulting uh, firm. So the goal of the consulting firm is to help businesses that are generating at least a million dollars a year to make better decisions using data. So one of the um, like the more manual lower end services is where I come in and I help them. I look at their books and I help them figure out how to lower their costs and increase their profits and come up with new revenue stream opportunities so that they can then have more money to be able to spend, right? They can, they can look yeah. more at their data. The higher end service being, we'll build you a custom business intelligence dashboard so that we can pull in all of the data coming in from outside and flowing around your business so that you can actually ask questions and the business will tell you the answers so that you can make decisions using all of the data that's around. Because most businesses, believe it or not, have no idea what's going on inside and outside of their business. They think they do, but they don't. Okay. And then if people want to reach out to your business, businesses, sorry, um, where can they do that? Oh, yeah. So I've got a Twitter account. It's probably the easiest way. Uh, so my Twitter handle is Sean Weisbrot. There's an underscore. So Sean underscore Weisbrot. Okay. And have you got a website or? Yeah, we live to build.com. Okay. So information for my podcast is there. There's also a YouTube channel. You can find it on the website as well with all of my interviews about entrepreneurship and psychology. No, it's been great having you on the, the show, Sean. Just Cheers. to probably round up, um, have you got any questions for myself? Not really. Not really. Okay. okay. No, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job asking me questions or different yeah. aspects for the audience and hopefully it was helpful for them no thank you um, it was great having you on the show thank you thanks scott